October 26th, 2020, you are listening to the Inquisitive Bro Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the ins, outs, and misconceptions regarding the world of scotch. The single malts, the blends, the do's and do nots when purchasing, storing, and most importantly, consuming, as well as everything else in between. And to help us do that, we have in studio none other than the man, the legend, Scotch aficionado, and film connoisseur himself, Matthew Matt Lon. Homie, what's going on? You ready to do this? What's happening, baby? That's what we're talking about. We're doing this. He's ready. Now, whether you're a mister, a madam, I assure you any questions or hesitations you've had about the mysteries of Scotch will be answered today. And as always, the voice you all know and love. He heard we were bringing samples, so we decided to show up. Chris is here. I'm already way deep in the samples. I don't know what I'm going to provide on this pod in terms of content, but drinking, I can do that. I'm Andrew. He's Chris. We've got Matt in the studio, and we've got samples. Let's go. All right, so as we said in the intro, Matt's here, Chris is here. We do have some samples. We're, we're going to get to those. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Um, Matt, I'm going to start with you, man. Scotch, a lot of people don't get it, don't like it, or just plain and simply don't understand it. Uh, you yourself, I, I kind of wonder this because a lot of things, especially when it comes to alcohol, your palate does change. So something that you did not like at you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, you may start to kind of get a feel for it into your late 20s, your 30s, maybe even your 40s. Was that the case with you? When did scotch kind of make its way into your life? So, I mean, started drinking at 19, you know, and uh, not 19 anymore. But uh, there was a whole bunch of different, you know, first beers and then gin. Right. And then I was watching a TV show one day and they said there was a passing line about somebody just being obsessed with single malts. I was like... What is a single malt? <laughs> These guys are pretty cool looking. Right. And like, I kind of want to know what that's all about. So... Do you remember the show? Yeah. What yeah, was it was it? House of Cards. Okay, okay. Yeah. Kevin Spacey. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And one of the characters, he's obsessed with single malts. And I was like, I got I to gotta check that out. Right. And so uh, I Google searched. That's how it began. The Google search. What year are we talking here? This is probably like six years ago. Man, it's been six years since House of Cards? No, since the journey began of, like, the the Scotch journey. Right. You know? And uh, so I I started with the Google search, and then I went to the LCBO, picked up a bottle, went over to my boy's house, and was like, let's dig in. And the first time (laughs) was good. It was fine. It was, like, it was whiskey, you know? It was uh, probably, like, a Glenlivet 12 or something like that. Great beginner malt, for sure. Um, and then what we did was we like, we crushed it in a week. Right. Okay. And like, then the next week there was another bottle and probably the first year I spent way too much money, like way too much money. Was probably, this, was this single Matt or was it? This was single Matt. Oh okay. yeah. So Matt had money yes. to burn. This was like post breakup Matt. This was like, you know, what is life Matt at this point? But right. it's like, he's watching a lot of TV. He's, he's drinking a lot of scotch, you yeah. know? And so we're on the couch, you know, and, uh, get a bottle a week basically. And just me and my buddy splitting it. And, um, then I heard about this Pete stuff. Say it again. Okay. What's that word? Pete. 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 Okay. Yeah, it's Pete with a P like, like an uncle Pete. Gotcha. But it's not spelled that way. Okay. 
but it's it's uh and I didn't know what it was. When I heard, I was like, what's this peat stuff? And so I picked up this bottle of Bowmore 12 and took it to my other buddy's house and opened it up and it was like I was hit in the face by this gasoline fire smell in my face. I'm like, this is disgusting. And poured <laughs> poured a little bit, braved enough for the poor. And I tried to sip, and I, this is absolute garbage. Like I, I went to the the to the fridge, grabbed a can of Coke, and poured it into the rest. Right. <laughs> poured the rest in there, right. and even that was hard. So it's it's there's a lot of uh, nuances to scotch. There's a lot of different places it can go. It can go sweet. It can go that smoky peat stuff. Right. And I started off hating peat, but now, now I love it. That's good stuff, man. Okay, so that's Great interesting. Stuff. So, quick question, actually. Uh, that 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 House of Cards character was that Remy Remy Dalton on that? No. That oh, because he's uh, by far the coolest character. Then who the hell got you cool. into it? It was uh, the guy they take advantage of in the first season there. Oh, um, yeah. Peter Peter Russo. Yeah, Russo. Yeah, yeah. You got into Scotch from a character who dies? Yeah, exactly. Because I, okay. I just wanted to know what it he, was. I was, I was he super dies. curious. He gets killed. He gets killed. He kills, he kills himself. himself. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Oh, he gets oh, left, yeah. but uh, Frank lets him die. Yes. He sees yes. yes, yes. Yes, yes. Okay. Cool. But, like assisted up. suicide. I want to go back to that main point. Um, the Pete incident. Yes. How old would you say you were when that happened? Uh, I don't think we actually nailed well, down an age. Well, you know, I'm 72 now, so that right. was... Uh, uh, carry the one, a while. couple no. years. Um, <laughs> no, I was, I was probably about 22, I guess, 23, 24, okay. somewhere at 20, so mid, just before the mid-20s. Right, and even with the previous bottle that you purchased that you did like, was it an immediate... It sounded like it was. It was an immediate... Oh, yeah, very immediate connection to the scotch. Okay, and, and would I, you say that is the norm, or was that an, a bit of an anomaly? Um, as far as people taking their first kind of scotch for a run. I think it depends on what they get first. If you think get so, a, eh? Yeah, if they buy a, a, like a bad quality bottle or something that's really kind of niche too early or too something too strong, then they just might back away entirely and be like, oh, was, I had, you know, that's the that's my favorite thing. When people try something for the first time, like, yeah, no, no. And then they never touch it again because they had that one bad experience. Like tequila is, right. is legendary for that. Right. Everybody's got that bad tequila story. Yeah. And then they never touch it again. And I was like, I love sipping tequila. It's amazing. Back to the original question, though. I think if I picked up the Bowmore 12 the first time, the first bottle of scotch that I went for, I, I don't think I would have continued. Right. Down this amazing journey. Right. Well, good thing you did. But it was number like seven along with us. Yeah, we wouldn't be here right now. Not That would break my heart. So that was the intro. That's how you got a good start. Um, where did it take off from there? Because <clears throat> buying a bottle every once in a while and enjoying it yeah. is a long way away from where you are today, which yeah. is a, would you say a collector? Uh, I prefer the term enthusiast. Enthusiast, yes. okay. Um, like I'm not, I don't have some kind of extensive, unbelievable wealth of knowledge. Like I didn't grow up in Scotland and... Why are we having you on this pod? Yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we stop? <laughs> we but, were grossly misinformed. Yeah, um, but I do, I'm enthused and I like to try bottles that nobody, not many people have. I right. see the reviews. Like I could go out and buy, you know, four different bottles for, you know, a couple hundred bucks and and write reviews about them like every other Joe Blow that's written a Glenmore and G. Tenton review. You know what I mean? Or a... Uh, Glenlivet 12 review and it's but I don't like I want to try these unicorns these unbelievably different stuff and 
Um, and so what I did was I figured, okay, I got to try all of the entry level bottles. And that's what those those weeks were, where it's just like, okay, this week, Glenlivet 12. Next week, Glenfiddich 12. Week after that, Dalmore 12. So Highland you had Park this 12. as like kind of a regimen. Um, yeah, that was kind of the process, just trying different ones every, you know, every so often. And, and, then, and then slowly leveling up from there to like higher age statements. So started off in the 10, 12 range, moved up into the 15s and then the 18s. And then I kind of found my niche in there. But some good, really good beginner malts that I discovered was like Glenmorangie, anything that comes from there. So explain, explain what that is. Is that a brand? Mm. Is that from a certain region? Also, right. actually, quick question on that. Like, what is a beginner malt versus like something that's more intense? Like, I don't okay. so, really, so, as a beginner yeah, myself, I don't absolutely. Really, so, okay, sure. so beginner malts, they're a little bit more palatable. They're usually at like a lower ABV alcohol by volume. Uh, so like a, like a 40% is the lowest that they can put out scotch as a product. Actually, I had one point on that. I was texting Andrew today. Turns out that they actually have a piece of legislation in Scotland, which specifies exactly what it takes yep. for it to be quote unquote scotch. I found Absolutely. this very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of qualifications for it to be scotch. Um, and so that, yeah. So one of the things is that, that ABV, right? Uh, 40%. And usually, typically, um, not as a total rule, but like typically younger scotches are less complex. Not always, but typically they're more, they're less complex than older scotches. As in taste? Yes. So there'll be a lot of different things that you can get off the palate or the nose. And if you're just starting out, it's going to blow by you like right. right over your head and you just be like oh this is great this tastes yummy and then the next one this one tastes yummy too but you're not you're missing out on like the leathers and the you know all the the, the salted caramels and the umami notes and like all this stuff right what's a young scotch by the way you say like a young scotch what would that kind of consist of yeah a young scotch is basically something that's well the youngest the scotch can be is three barrel aged years barrel age so um but most of the times they don't want to put that on the label because it's embarrassing when there's you know 50 70 year old scotches out there right i mean i guess like even for me as someone who barely drinks scotch if i see a 12 versus three i'm like fuck that three like absolutely i'm gonna take a 12 absolutely so what what they end up doing is they'll just won't put an age statement on it they won't say how old it is. So, and they call those NAS or no age statements, non-age statements. And is that kind of jump in there? Is that kind of imply that it's probably around three or five-ish? Yeah. Usually it's going to be around five to eight years old. And that's why they don't want to say. The youngest typically that they'll mention is like 10 years. But, but then... There's some distilleries that are kind of trying to break the mold and, uh, and show what young scotches can be, but uh, uh, young single malts can be. But yeah, it's um, so there's the, that's one of the youthful signs is uh, for intro scotches, something that's, you know, 10 to 12 years. That's when things start to reach a good maturation point for drinking. Um, so when you say intro scotch, is that the same when you refer to beginner malts? Yeah. Like say, say I'm a yeah. novice, right? Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. walking into an LCBO. Yeah. 
what do I what am I asking for? You're looking for something ten to twelve years old. You're looking for something uh, forty to forty three percent ABV. Okay. So when you get up higher than that, it's starting to be a little too aggressive, maybe for you to start with. Right. And you want something like a Glenlivet twelve. It's 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 the biggest. Uh, it was the biggest selling brand for a long time for for a reason. It's solid maturation. It's solid entry level. Um, it's it's a good pour. Is it an entry level price point as well? Absolutely. That's another thing. Price. You're looking in the, around the sixty dollar range is where you want to start, just to getting get your bearings. Right. You know what I mean. So you gave me ahead of time a list of some pretty good beginner malts. Yeah. Um, do you want to walk through maybe the differences between these? If uh, I gotta if I gotta pick one, right. I know you mentioned Glenlivet twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these other ones different, similar. Mm-hmm. Why would I pick one over the other? Um, I would pick them all. <laughs> right. We should mention that um for the listeners out there. Uh, we are going to be throwing up this list of beginner, uh, beginner scotches up on the Instagram page in this episode's pod notes. So, uh, keep a lookout for that. Yeah. We'll have that up there. We'll, uh, we'll notify you guys. So you can go out and you can take Matt's highly coveted recommendations and go pick out a bottle of your own. <laughs> well, pick out beginners. multiple bottles apparently. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You got to pick them all out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. These, these are all kind of uh, a little bit different in their own right. Like, um, Glenn Livett, uh, or Glenfiddich 12, one, either or. They're a similar profile. Um, you got Glenmorangie 10, 10 year old, the original. It's it's great stuff. It's bourbon barrel aged primarily. It's They're the tallest stills in, in Scotland, and that gets you a, light, a much lighter, uh, fruitier floral note. Um, you got the Glenfarkless 12. Uh, that's a great beginner space side. Um, malt. It's a lot more sherried influence. Um, the two major casks that they use for maturing scotch are sherry casks and bourbon casks. Those are the two major ones. And so with bourbon casks, um, it's a different type of whiskey, but it brings out your, your caramels and your vanillas and your, and your more fruity, light fruit notes like apples and pears and stuff like that. So this actually, I'm going to stop you right there. This is brings up a good point for one of my uh, beginner questions. Mm-hmm. Can you please, for the listening audience, explain the difference between these terms? Scotch, whiskey, bourbon, rye. Sure. So um, scotch has to be produced in Scotland. Simple. Kind of all like of uh, those champagne sh- and champagne. Absolutely. Gotcha. So all of those labels, bourbon, rye, um, scotch, they, um, they're, they're all whiskeys. They're all whiskeys. Okay. They're all whiskeys, but all bourbon is a whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. Gotcha. All scotch is whiskey. What makes a bourbon a bourbon? So bourbon is typically the like traditional way is like corn, corn mash. I see. Um, rye is, is rye grain. Right. And then scotch is typically malted barley. Scotch is malted barley. Okay. Yeah, but gotcha. they all make whiskey and it's all got to be like at least three years barrel age. And actually in the States, they don't have to, um, it's a really, uh, general rule is that it has to be barrel aged. So it could be barrel aged for one day and you could call it whiskey. I see. Or bourbon. Oh, really? Yeah. But in Scotland, there's a they're much strict, more strict on their rules. So how is then? Uh, I guess jumping on that point then is how is uh, 
a scotch whiskey going to differ in the taste and notes or what have you compared to your normal American bourbon and like a, a rye whiskey? Like how is it, if you had a blind sample, for mm-hmm. example, you yourself haven't drank enough of this, mm-hmm. um, would you be able to tell what a scotch was and kind of like what would you be looking for? To differentiate it. To be honest, I haven't really dabbled in the bourbon world and the rye world too much because I've been very focused on my Fair single enough. malts. Okay. Right. <laughs> but um, if I had to, if I started going into bourbon and rye, my wife would kill me because my bank account would just be completely <laughs> drained. But it's okay. I know your wife. I can put in a good word. I'll, I'll ease her pain. But I'll tell her it's for this podcast. I got to do research, babe. I got to, yeah. yeah. No, but the, the bourbons are much sweeter. Uh, and, and a lot of people like that stuff. That's that's what the draw is. They're hot, heavy, and and sweet. And why um, are they sweeter? From the corn. Okay. From the corn, yeah. It's it's super, yeah. It's a super sweet grain, and um, and and it brings this like really almost cherry note. Then I don't really like that. It's like that cherry cough syrup kind of note that you get right, right. in the cheap stuff, and I just can't get around that. Even a cheap scotch, you can. You can bear it, but you that, get that hint of medicine. Yeah, you know? it's really medicine-like. Yeah, I can't, I can't get behind it, and a lot of people are gonna hate me probably from this, but that's just, that's just how I feel. Okay. Hey man, this, we we keep it one hundred here. Nothing but the truth. On the <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cater here. Okay. No. Now you've actually brought um, mm-hmm. beginner scotch. Yeah, so I brought a Glenmorangie ten-year-old um, for us to try. Uh, see what you guys think. See, what, see what you can bring out. Yeah, that's why Chris is here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, okay, we're gonna pop, pour, and let you know what we thought of it. Sounds good. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the pod so far. You know, here at the Inquisitive Bro, we're always thinking about ways to enhance your listening experience, and that's why I'm very excited to tell you about a new podcast add-on we're doing called Pod Notes. Now you may be wondering, well, what are Pod Notes, and where can I find them? Well, basically, during the podcast, you may hear us from time to time make references to videos, images, charts, or graphs that we can't visually share with you because, well, you're listening to us. This is where pod notes come in. All the visual references that we make during the podcasts are going to be bundled into a single Instagram post that you can find on our Instagram page, at The Inquisitive Bro. So look out for this pod's pod notes and the pod notes for future pods to come. Now, back to the pod. All right, so we're back. So we have now just poured uh, the Glen Morangi 10, I believe. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. Is so it Glen Morangi? Glen Morangi. Morangi, as in Morangi. I didn't yeah. want to be that guy, but... No, please. But this off. is why you're here, to correct novices yes. like myself. Yes, it is Glen Morangi. Yes. That's good. Glad to... Uh, right, we just poured ourselves more. a drama of Glen Morangi. <laughs> Ten-year-old, that's the way. Loving Matt with the accents. Like, oh, I mean, he's many. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. that intro accent there, like, people were thinking, like, <laughs> who, who is, is this, this coming on this pod? Yeah. He is flamboyant as hell. He still is, but... We'll see how I am at the end of this pod after we've tried these samplers, you know what I mean? I might you might not all... even spe- be speaking English by the yeah. end of this pod. By the end of this pod, I'm just going to call out people and just have them do impressions. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we're going to end exactly. this. Exactly. Um, okay, so, perfect. Now, we haven't tasted it yet because I'm going to throw it back to you now, is it similar to wine to where before you drink, there's a bit of a process? There's a decant, there's a swirl, a smell, you put it in your this mouth. This is you talking about wine, right? This now. is wine, yeah. So yeah. I know a little bit about wine. Yes. Once you put it in your mouth, you want to move it around. Different yeah. parts of your mouth will taste different aspects of the wine. Mm-hmm. Is this similar? It is similar. Okay. Um, it is similar, in, but you might want to take a little bit less on the tongue when you're doing that. 
So first, you, when you pour the first thing first, when you pour the glass of scotch, there's a general rule that it's like you let it sit in the glass a minute for every year in the cask before consuming. Before I gotta consuming. wait ten minutes for this shit. I usually pour and chug. That's, see, this is, this that's is what I've already. Learned. He's falling into the traps here, people. But see, he's Chris falling is, into the traps. This is not Chris's area of expertise. Chris is usually a strawberry daiquiri kind of guy. Ah, hey, no, that's a very pouring drink. Dax. That's, a, that's <laughs> okay. a pouring drink right there. <laughs> um, this is what I learned at Queens, though. You pour, you drink, you party. The, well, yeah. The, you don't want to do that with the good stuff. No, that's, I, that's I for assure sure. you, at Queen's parties, they were not drinking this kind of stuff. Yeah. No, no. no I was not. Okay, so uh, you pour, you wait a minute for every year. Yes. The glass, impactful or a gimmick? Absolutely. Okay. It, it makes a world of difference. Should, I wish we should we should pour we should uh, pour it into a normal glass and then pour we should, it well, side We by should side first here. address to the listeners what type of glass we have because we don't have right. just a regular these, no. these glass. These will be on the pod notes. I, these are beautiful. I bring glasses everywhere. So if you ever have me over for a little scotch night, don't worry about your glasses. I got you covered. I'm coming hard with these glasses. Same. Would you describe this as hourglass? So this is called a Glencairn glass. You can buy them on Amazon. They're relatively uh, inexpensive. They are beautiful. And they 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 were designed by a bunch of master blenders because it, it mimics the I think it's called the um, capita glass, which looks like a very small wine glass, um, and it's like that tulip shape. But this also has a little edge to it to block some of the vapor, the harsher vapors that are coming out of the the scotch as well. So when you put it on an angle, gotcha. Also, it's designed so that the crest of the of the um, that circular bubble tulip area um, is two ounces, which is a, a like a like a decent bar pour. And a two ounce sample is typically what the whiskey world shares with each other, and they'll send samples all across the world to each other. And a two ounce sample is standard, and that's exactly where the crest of the this glass is. Now, if you go to a you know a bar or a lounge and you mm-hmm. order something straight up. Are you determining ahead of time how much you want? Like, what is the standard that they're going to bring you without you saying anything? So they, they, if they, if you don't say anything, they'll probably give you an ounce, right? But or they'll give you two. Well, that doesn't give me many answers, does it? Well, no, a bar typically has a menu. The bar's trying to make <laughs> money, Andrew. It depends on the place. No, not necessarily. You go, you go there, and you go to a bar. They're not giving you a cocktail list. You go, hey, listen, I want a scotch on the rocks, and there's a little ice cube in there, and then you don't really know how much you're getting. Oh, let's see. You wouldn't order scotch. Like just just that way. If you were an actual Scotch drinker, you're gonna you're gonna be specific. I want answers, people. Right. Tell me what scotches you have on your bar, and then you make them bring you two ounces of that, so that you get a proper sample. I like That's to ask like what their most expensive is, and then take their cheapest. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just see the feel, and do it aggressively, so they know yeah. you mean business. Show yeah. me the back rail. Yeah, I'll take uh, this. Ten dollar one, please. Yeah, not aggressive enough. You say <laughs> I want the ten dollar one, okay? I'm not above paying ten dollars. You know? No, no, no shame here. Yeah. Um. Okay. So now the drinking process. We've poured. We've let it sit. It's sit. It's sat. It's sat. Um. To consume anything special here. So, uh, the first sip's always gonna be a pretty rough show, because okay. your your mouth has just been drinking water and salads all day. If you're Andrew, and then you, uh, <laughs> you know me, I love to drink my salads, lens <laughs> it, and then and then you, uh, um, so you take a little, just a little guy. Let's do that. Right? Let's, let's get in there. Just take a little, little dab around the tongue there. 
Now, don't swallow. Do not swallow. You swirl that around a little bit. Start to have a podcast when you have liquid in your mouth, though. Mm-hmm. You got to get to know it. There's a Richard P- uh, Patterson video on YouTube everyone should watch. Don't throw the scotch out like he does, though. But just uh, you, you got to get to know the scotch in your mouth. What's going on here? Okay. I had, it, I had it around for a little bit. I think okay. I'm fairly familiar. Mm-hmm. Did you notice anything specific hmm. on your so first, again, first little sip? Again, this is this is something that you mentioned earlier in the pod. If you do not have a trained tongue mm-hmm. for such a thing, mm-hmm. you may not be able to tell the huge difference between scotches if you're not drinking them back to back. Absolutely. This is a long-winded way of you saying you didn't notice it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, this is the inquisitive bro. I need to sound intellectual, Christopher. Yes. Fine, I'll you, take, He's got to drag it out. Fine, you can be the inquisitive. I'll be the bro. I didn't like actually notice anything <laughs> other than it was alcoholic. Yeah. Okay. So, but did you notice that it was sweet? Was it dry? You got to start small. You got to start not picking out very specific things off the jump. Was it very light? Was okay, it very? Okay, I've got something. Yeah. So initial taste. Yeah. Was light. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is very. Is light. Is that correct? It's, yes, light. Excellent. Very light bodied. Yeah. It did not punch me in the face yeah. initially. Yeah. Um, keeping it in there itself, flavors came in, mm-hmm. and then when you swallow it, I wouldn't say there's anything too noticeable mm-hmm. as far as an aftertaste. Right. The taste that were in my mouth once I swallowed it, mm-hmm. similar tastes. Yeah. Is that the same experience yep. you This one's had? not a very long finisher, for sure. Okay. See, and that, man, I'm doing very well. I he's doing great so yeah. far. And, uh, and yeah, you're going to get that. So younger scotches, their finish isn't usually as long. It doesn't burn, like, feel that warmth in you for right. very long. Right, right, right. Um, one of the things I know specifically with Glenmorangie 10, and it's this is also very subjective and very much about what your palate is like as a person, like what you've consumed over your life as a frame of reference but um like there's a distinct note of apple for sure so if you guys go in again now start thinking about that start thinking about that apple maybe a bit bigger sip maybe i I didn't get it Mm. didn't get it yeah i think i'm tasting the same thing i tasted the first time Mm -hmm. yeah can't pick out the apple no okay it's very fair i believe you i believe it's in there yeah it's a and it's it's sweeter it's a sweeter jam for sure um, you get the the barley sugars in there for sure. Vanillas, for sure. We're putting Matt's tongue on mm. on the things trial that Matt man. is doing with his do, tongue right now. Just do if ASMR you could right that? now or what? Like, <laughs> let's get this even closer. Um, I liked it though. Right? Is this something that I would enjoy sipping? Yes. Great. Perfect. Yeah, it was a and good experience. And that's where it begins. Right. So beginner malts like this, you start like, oh, this is actually quite enjoyable. Now, what my problem was, the when I first started drinking um, scotch and bottle killing in a week, right, is you're not spending enough time with the malt to get to know it and to like, under, and, and even the bottles change over time being opened. The lower you get down in the bottle, you're getting different nuances. But if you do that within... A night or a week, you you don't even get that opportunity for the air to start to affect the whiskey. Okay, so, so the whiskey is actually going to change over time yes. with the same bottle that you bought. Absolutely. So like this uh, Glenmorangie you can uh, taste uh, like one way when you first open it. And Absolutely. then different tones will yeah. come in the later you go. Mm-hmm. So this is a good time to talk about storage. Yes. So you purchase the bottle. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to give you my wine experience. Uh, open a bottle of red. Mm-hmm. 
It's great that night, mm-hmm. right? You want to decant, let it sit out a little bit, let it air out a little bit. It's great that night. Uh, if you cork it, it's okay the next day. Only 24 hours later, it has changed right. drastically. Yeah. You may not like it, yeah. but you can still drink it. Yeah. 48 hours later, in my opinion, it's now cooking wine. Yeah. And 72 hours, you're tossing it. Yeah. So how does a scotch age differently? So um, you're dealing with a much higher alcohol by volume. Right. right. You're talking about 40 to 60 sometimes percent, right? And with wines, they're just not able to handle that kind of air for that long. It, it takes a lot longer for the air to evaporate and aerate the um, the whiskey than it does um, a wine. But again, it depends on the fill level, too, of the bottle. So now when you're in your final 30% of your bottle, it's going to aerate so much faster. Less right. alcohol in the in the bottle, way more oxygen, and it's 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 just yeah, it's now, gonna ruin it much when you, faster. When you are at the final thirty percent, are we at a point now where it is bad? Not necessarily just different, but it has it spoiled? No, but it goes flat or more more flat or stale. Okay, not not necessarily um, gone bad. It's not bad by any means. I have some bottles in my shelf that are like, you know, from five, six, five years ago. I see. Okay. Four or five years ago. So shelf and, life, although it changes, is how long? Is it infinite? I assume it's not infinite. Um, I mean, if, it, if, it, if it's a closed bottle, uh, it'll last forever. Okay. If it's uh, it never been opened, yeah, forever. But you, what might end up happening is that it'll actually start to evaporate in the bottle because a little bit can still escape from the, the, the cork at right. the top. So now as far as storage, you actually taught me something a couple of years back, which probably ended up saving my life. Yeah. So my wife, Rebecca, which, mm-hmm. you know, listeners out there will remember her from the Girlfriend Trivia Corner. Uh, as a gift, she actually bought me this beautiful crystal uh, scotch set, right? Mm-hmm. A couple glasses, a nice little, what would you call that? That piece, that glass piece. Oh, a decanter. Is it a decanter? Yeah. Nice little, perfect little crystal ball to go on yep. top. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, this is great. You remember my old my old place yep. downtown? Great spot. Great bar, right? Yeah, great bar. I'm thinking, listen, I can pour my ball into there and mm-hmm. so let it sit and it'll be yep. beautiful. And then you told me, good thing I didn't do that because I would have poisoned myself and I wouldn't be sitting here today. Right, because, I mean, a lot of decanters, people don't use them for actually decanting anything. They'll have them sitting in their, in their china cabinet with all their other pretty glass and it looks so nice. And they never use it for actually decanting anything and you don't need to decant scotch or whiskey at all anyways because it's not like wine because but it's it's that same effect almost right where if you leave a bottle of wine to aerate on the table for you know 10 20 30 minutes it's it's getting better right right? and it's kind of the same way with scotch but it happens way slower process so your sweet spot of your bottle might be after a month Right. Of being opened. Right. As opposed to 10 minutes or 20 minutes in a decanter for wine. So these beautiful crystal configurations that people put out on their bars, mm-hmm. they're what you're saying is they're really just for show. They are totally 100% for show, for because whiskey. For whiskey. TV and movies yeah. have led me astray. Because yes. every time you walk, you watch in a, a show and they walk into a room, that whiskey <laughs> has already been poured, it's on the bar, it's in the decanter, yeah. and they're serving people out of there. Now, why yeah. specifically is that dangerous? Uh, well, if it's if it's leaded crystal, right, de- decanter, right. then there's lead in it. And you and may be thinking, will... oh, these are cheap decanters. No, 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 no. no. Mine is very nice, oh, yeah. and it was very expensive, Absolutely. and it is gorgeous. 
and it will still kill me. Absolutely. And they, they've, cause a lot of the, um, like glass blowers and whatnot, they work with crystal because it's, it gets a more sparkle. It's a thinner material. Um, so you get, and you can get some really nice, uh, exact shapes out of it. Right. But that's also because it's got lead in it. Right. So lead poisoning bad is what you're saying. Bad. Gotcha. Um, So you actually gave me something as a replacement though, right? Yes. So I got a decanter that is crystal free or crystalline, um, is what I think it's the proper term is crystalline. Uh, but it. Yeah, it doesn't have any crystal in it or lead in it. So right. you're fine. Perfect. It's safe. Good. And yeah, like with the movies and that where they have the whiskey and the decanter, it's because they, it's for show. And, but it even has, it can have a practical effect. So for example, on, on Friday, just past, had a couple friends over and they wanted to try some scotch and I recently got a decanter and I had it engraved with my favorite distillery on it. Nice. And so I poured their standard entry level 12 year old into it and I brought it to the table to give them some and they're like, Oh, that's a really nice bottle. Like what's in there. Right. So they don't already, their experience is heightened because they believe that it's going to be an experience. And whereas before, they've never heard of this distillery. Everybody's heard of McAllen. You know, you pull out a McAllen, everybody's going like, ooh, it's beautiful, right? right like, it's, right. Uh, it's, it's going to be so amazing as an experience. But then you pull out the decanter, and it's got some other random name that they've never heard of, but it looks amazing. It's going to heighten their experience. Right. And it's going to also allow them to maybe not have come in with a bias that it's going to be bad because they don't know what it is. I mean, that's similar to a lot of different bottles of alcohol across the spectrum. Like, especially when it comes to wine, mm-hmm. the big fancy, you know, $30, $40, $50 bottles versus like the $12 bottles. You have to have a very high level of wine expertise to be able to really tell the difference between the two. In a blind mm-hmm. test, time and time again, they've shown people, the average person walking into an LCBO yep. cannot tell the difference between a $15 bottle and a $35 bottle. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm not a wine connoisseur by or any means. a $15 means. box. <laughs> right yeah i'm gonna be honest yeah. I, I think i could probably t- i hate that box wine <laughs> Listen, for me I'm, I'm gonna just let you know this if you're having me over and you bring out that jackson triggs box wine just just tell me ahead of time that's what we're serving i'll bring my own <laughs> hey why are you hating on the box wine if you ever went to australia you slap that goon bag buddy i buy australian wine here isn't yellowtail australian yeah but that's in a bottle yeah you gotta, like you gotta I, get it in I don't box my... slash bag format i don't I do that's like aussie how... wines i do like aussie wines they're good stuff yeah, so decanting, and, the, and the, but this leads to a whole other subject, right, about presentation right. and, like, branding of bottles and people thinking that means it's going to be good. I can't tell you the amount of times that people come up to me like, oh, yeah, I was thinking about getting a gift for somebody, and it was, uh, you know, oh, Dalmore 12, and, uh, and, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's garbage. Please, please don't, don't get that for them. Get them something nice. You know, this is your friend. <laughs> so, <laughs> you you love this person. <laughs> and so, and I was like, oh, but it looks cool. Right. Okay. Well, it looks cool. I hope they also think it drinks cool. Right. Because it's not good. It's co- like, it's colored heavily. It's over-marketed, over-presented. Like, and so you're compensating for something. Right. Right. You don't need to look that good if you are good. Could you... 
is it kind of a rule of thumb then? Like the more, uh, I guess more time you put in the presentation of the bottle, like the company itself and more effort you see in like the, the specifics of the bottle and the marketing, then is it probably not as good a scotch versus something that's more, uh, understated and just presented as like, here you go. If you know, you know, like, I don't, it's, it's hard, it's hard to tell. It's hard to say because there's, there's, um, good ones that are presented well, you know, there are bad ones that are presented badly and they just don't try and they're not good. But, um, and then there's ones that are, you know, great and look good. And that's, that's kind of like the, the area that I'm looking for too. Like I'm a sucker for presentation. Absolutely. What's one that's great and looks good? What's an example of one that looks good and also tastes great? Like I, I cause like I also like, um, a little bit of an understated, uh, look too. Like Lagavulin isn't some kind of massively beautiful, uh, bottle like, um, like a Dalmore 25 with their, you know, big box and things like that. They have these small little cardboard boxes, a dark greenish gray, and it's the, you know, but it's like, I think it looks beautiful. Um, it looks like it belongs on some old man's, like old rich man's shelf, you know, and, and it tastes great too. Like their, their 12 year old is, is renowned. Um, the 16 is like the, you know, the beginner's peated amazingness. You know, so you actually brought up something interesting, and since we're talking about misconceptions, mm-hmm. I'm gonna jump into this now. Yep. True or false? Scotch is solely to be enjoyed by middle-aged rich men. <laughs> nah, man. Like it's um. I mean, the problem is the youth of today. They they <laughs> they don't have all this time. They don't want to spend time thinking about what they're drinking. They just want. They, Shots, 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 right. shots, you know, and right. they don't, they're not, I don't know if they have the patience for it, like with Instagram and all this stuff, and it was just scrolling on to the next thing as quickly as possible, Right. you don't have time to take in the nuances of a fine, like, crafted... But see, I say this about everything. Anything worth doing is hard to do. Yeah, Anything absolutely. worth doing takes time. Absolutely. I think the fruits of your labor are going to pay off. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you want to just, like, chug back Pabst yeah, all day go long. go for it. Two, four, for two, Be four. Be my guest. It's cheap. It's, it'll work, but that's just really, you got to, once the age starts kind of creeping up, you got to kind of move First on. First of all, just, yeah, so you, just so you guys know, Pabst Blue Ribbon is marketed as a rich man's beer in China, and it is very expensive there, and only the wealthy drink it. So, <laughs> take back your shit right there. <laughs> don't, you knock, don't you knock PBR, which I drank plenty of out of kegs. I actually hate it because of that. Yeah. Typically, it's very warm. Matt, I want to jump on then another thing you said uh, earlier about uh, today's youth. I just want to get your opinion on, like, is it really today's youth or is it just the fact that, like, young people in general really maybe don't appreciate scotch as much because, like, they don't have the palate for it? Just frankly, I my dad would tell me uh, like he didn't like scotch when he was younger. Yeah. And I don't know if a lot of people do. I Like, yeah. I wonder if it's just just a testament to, like, your age instead of the generation you were born in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's really. I think it has to do with a curiosity level, right? And and being able to go the distance. Like I didn't like beer when I first tried it. You know, I mean, and I love beer. You know, so um, now, but um, yeah, same with. I think it's the same with scotch. 
uh, and I think it's any generation's young people were probably all the same. That's why it's got the reputation for being an old man's drink for years and years and decades and whatnot. So it's also expensive, relatively. It's exp- and it's expensive, sure. Yeah. However, I think bang for your buck, like we're talking about a college kid here. Yeah. I mean, you know, two four for two four of Pabst versus you know a sixty dollar bottle of scotch. Sure. I think you're getting way more bang for your buck with a bottle of scotch. Absolutely. No, you're getting way more bo- bang for your buck if you get one of those forties old English. For $8? I guess that's go, true. And, yeah. for, and we're uh, like... Uh, there is a balance on. that we're looking for for bang for your buck and right. being able to swallow right. the said purchase. Oh, right. wait. You're supposed to enjoy this? <laughs> you don't have to. You could bottle kill it in a night, I guess. I but, guess you uh, could. Yeah. I'm going to blast through quickly some of these other misconceptions. Yep. Uh, women do not drink scotch. Uh, not true. Uh, there's a wonderful lady out in uh, Calgary who works at um, a, a wonderful... <laughs> It's basically Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory of, of whiskey out in Calgary, and she is a scotch aficionado. Her, her excitement levels are super high. Her name is uh, Harmony Pollock. She's, uh, she's, she's awesome. Uh, she's, been, she, she's a great whiskey friend, really? you know? Um, and, yeah, she's, she, just got, she just got promoted at her, her job. For, so in certain you know, do they have drunks? Yeah, basically. Basically, <laughs> they, they camp out, and when you pick up a bottle from the shelf, they do the whole oompa, loompa, you know, and it's, it's, it's a whole thing. Sounds like a great place to work. It's a beautiful place. Now, see, this misconception, I feel like pop culture has a problem with that. Yeah. Because let's say you go and you're checking out a Bond movie. It's pretty rare that she's the one sitting there with a the scotch, and James is ordering, like, a pombe. It's true. And, you know, it's sad, too, because like, I, I wish more women got into scotch, because I feel like they have a way better nose for this kind of stuff. Like they can, like I, when I give my wife stuff, she can pick it out, right? That's um, true. That's pretty true. easily, and um, and other girls too. Um, my buddy Jamoff is his wife. She's she's like she, I think she's got a future in in the in the Scotch game. We'll yeah. see. Maybe. Um, Maybe. Now, so yeah, I, I wish more girls got into it. Now, are we just like? Is this just because women? don't think about like drinking scotch or is it are we underplaying how good uh vodka with a splash of crayon is <laughs> like that because that shit apparently is pretty darn good <laughs> uh other misconceptions i know you want to touch about this one mm. um adding ice adding water mm. is simply yes, a sissy way to consume a difficult beverage this is an important topic and it's a touchy subject for some you know there's people who really like their scotch on ice man but uh, they also market like special, like yeah. the, the circular ice ball, yeah, stuff like that, like yeah. specialty. Even the rocks now you have yeah, like the, the cool rocks, rocks oh, which don't yeah. work. By the oh, way, they don't work. That's no. what I, that's what everybody keeps saying. Turns out you can't chill rocks. Yeah, if you're thinking about getting whiskey rocks for a friend, don't just don't. And um, but ice, the the whole idea is that. It's too strong for me to drink like this. Neat. Right. right? And so I have to add something, and I want it to be cold. So let's add ice, because it's so hot on my mouth. <laughs> Wrong answer. Because what ice does, okay, it has to do with the tongue and the receptors in the tongue and everything, and it shocks the system. It shocks your tongue, the ice, the cold. Your, your tongue can't handle cold. Extreme hot or extreme cold. Right. We know this because when you drink some hot coffee, it burns, right? Yeah. You drink, and but and it works the same way with cold. Shocks the receptors. They can't taste the flavors. So if you're just trying to knock back some whiskey, and it's usually you do it with 
you know, crappy whiskey. That's why you put the ice in it because it's really hot and it's not very flavorful and you just want, you know, something. And so, but the ice, it just shocks your system. You can't taste the flavors. And that was, is what scotch is all about. Finding those nuances, those, those, those hidden flavors. And you're just, you're just scaring it away. So scotch on the rocks is a term. Yeah. Uh, you believe that to be an amateur term. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you like it, you like it. But if you're if you think that you're a Scotch aficionado and you're putting the ice in there, I'm sorry, you're just missing out on a whole lot. Right now, a dab of water. I feel like you're gonna have a different view on this. Completely different view. Okay, so tell us why. So water does not shock the palate. What it does is it. What, a couple of things it does is, first, it separates like the fats and the and the, and and opens up. The, the whiskey to like um, to be more it's stronger on the nose when you add water even so you can pick out those flavors a little bit easier in on the nose it's on the palate cuts the alcohol burn so that you can access those flavors you know what I'm saying so um, and and really at the end of the day you don't know until you try it and right. it, you're gonna find with a hotter whiskey so this this next one actually that, that I brought uh, the Lechag 10 year old um, it's 46.3% alcohol. The Glenmore G10 was 40% alcohol. So this is going to be hotter. Right. And, um, but it's, it's very peated and it's amazingly delicious. So would you say that adding water is just preference? Um, it can be absolutely. Or, or out of necessity. I like see. whether if, cause there's cast, there's cast strength whiskeys and there's some, there's some aficionados who, who will say, Oh, I know I don't add water to my whiskey. That's crazy. You know? And it's like, well, how do you know all of the range of flavors in the whiskey? I'm sorry. You just can't, it's too hot. Like you, there's no way. Right. And some of them, you know, they, they don't drink as hot, but it's still nice. All right. Uh, Matt. Uh, 10 people walking to a bar they each order a glass of whiskey mm-hmm. how many of those 10 are posers oh nine yeah and the other one is you <laughs> yeah exactly okay. like it, it's, it's nine probably I'm kind like, of offended because that implies that I'm probably a poser if I'm even invited like, <laughs> yeah, I'm either not I'm either a poser bar. or I'm not even invited in which case like what am I then like even worse it depends <laughs> if they, are they are they ordering like like different types different scotches or are they just ordering like you know, I just want some Jameson because I drink Jameson all the time. It's great. I'm just stuff. looking at a random segment of the population that would order a scotch or have one in any segment. Right. Um, if, they uh, go, if they go into the bar and they're like, you know what? Um, I'll order Dalmore 12. Thank you very much. Then it's they're, they're a poser. Right, right, right. Also yeah, the, well, on, also on, the, the, on the rocks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Dalmore 12 on the rocks. Uh, thank yeah. you. And uh, like that's, and then the buddy oh, beside him goes, uh, Jim, you're from Sudbury. What's with the accent? <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, that's fair. But going back to the water now. Okay, so yeah. real quick, because we're going to want to jump into this new bottle, tell you yeah. what we thought about it. Um, how much water, when to add, how to do so? To taste, really. Um, if you're, if it's too hot, it's too hot. Put, put a couple drops in there. It ain't going to hurt it. Okay, so a couple is, drops. This like, is a, as far as how much, how much are you really putting in there? Um, I, well, okay, so uh, we got a teaspoon here and we got some water. A teaspoon is five milliliters. Uh, a two ounce pour is 50, around 50, okay? So if you put a whole teaspoon in, you're only getting, what, it's 50 to 55 ratio. This You're barely touching the percentage on there, right? So that's fair. That's a it's, fine amount to add. It's a fine amount. Okay. But, um, 
but yeah, uh, and and you're gonna start to get some differences when you when you start adding like five drops, like right. a, a drops like a mill, and so you add five drops, it's gonna it's gonna change it like pretty well. Let's let's break. Let's pour. Well, sure. I just want to before we do that, I just want to like kind of summarize quickly what Matt just said because I think this kind of one of the more interesting points we brought up because myself as a very novice. Uh, uh, whiskey drinker, I had no idea about this, about the difference between the ice and the water, because mm. in my mind, it's like, well, ice just becomes water anyway, yeah. like, what would be the difference? So it's very interesting that you point out that putting in pure water, um, doesn't matter if it's room temperature, does that help, actually? Like Either room temperature, right. you don't want it to be cold, is right. the key, because yeah. the cold shocks the so system. That's like, so that's the interesting part to me, because mm. it's actually, like, the water itself actually accentuates the notes and tones that yes. you want Absolutely. to... Uh, uh, experience if you're like looking for more of the connoisseur type of uh, experience whereas ice it's not the water itself that dilutes it it's the fact that it just shocks your taste buds i just yeah. find that very interesting absolutely yeah. also uh, facts are here guys these bottles all have water in them these are 46.3 percent alcohol right they water it down before we're giving it to you so that you can palate it that's why this is 40 percent because they cut it down right so that you can drink it and say that it's so smooth. Right. You know what I mean? Right. When it's smooth, has nothing to do with it. Smooth right. just means it's less flavorful, really. <laughs> because they've already diluted it. That is funny. The interesting point that you mentioned, like, oh, people don't want to add ice because I get the ice. But even the people who don't want to add water. Mm -hmm. What they didn't understand was, like, you're drinking mostly water. This is exactly. two-thirds water to Absolutely. your one-third booze. Absolutely. So that's that's a good point. Um, again, we're going we're gonna to pour this. This looks like a nice bottle. Oh, yes. Matt is graciously opening this for the first time, so yeah. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to bring it back, and we'll see how it goes. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Inquisitive Bro Podcast. We know you listen to us, but more importantly, we want to hear from you. Did you disagree with one of our takes? Did you catch a mistake that we made? Do you have your own take about something we discussed that maybe we didn't consider or failed to mention? If that's the case, we want to hear from you. Hit us up on Instagram at the Inquisitive Bro. Or if you want to just reach out and say what up, that's cool too. If you make a good point, bring us an interesting take of your own, or you get us talking about something cool you brought to the table, you just may hear us giving you a shout out and discussing your take on our next podcast. All right, well, we're not done yet. As always, thanks for listening. Now, back to the pod. Okay, so bottle has been poured. Um, I'm getting a whiff of a lot here. Big very, Pete. Yeah, Big Pete. very potent. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what we are about to drink. Okay, so this is uh, Lechegg or Lechik, uh 10-year-old. It is heavily peated. It is from the Tobermory distillery. And again, what do we mean by heavily peated? So, okay, so actually that's a good thing to talk about. What is peat exactly? So peat is a type of moss that grows in Scotland. And it grows by the rivers, it grows wherever. And when they've got the, their mash of, of malted barley, they, dry, they have to dry it somehow. Usually, if it's unpeated, they air dry it. But sometimes they will burn um, peat and smoke the grain dry so that it uh, has this really heavily peated smell from the moss. Gotcha. And also, the water that they use in the distillation process can also have uh, mossy, peated, that peated moss, um, like, taste to it. 
And so when you combine, say, the, the peated water, the smoked barley, and the um, barrels that used to contain peated whiskey, that's where you're getting that really heavy peat smell and now, taste. Now, when you say the peat smell, like mm-hmm. the, the previous um, uh, whiskey that we tried, um, yeah. I didn't really... Like, couldn't tell too much from it in terms of one from the other. This one, like, I can smell right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's very smoky to right. me. Is that what the peat does? Like, yeah. So, um, Glenmorangie, they don't really peat their whiskey. Um, if they do, it's very minimal. Um, but I don't think they do. But uh, Tobermory Distillery, they release their Lechig brand, which is where they, they smoke their, their barley. Um, and then they release bottles under the Lechig brand. Okay, so with that being said, let me ask you about this. Uh, age on this one, I believe, is 10? Yes, it's 10-year-old. So another new question here. Mm-hmm. If this was a 15, is that guaranteed to be a better bottle? So not necessarily. Um, the age statement, just what it, what, it, what it can do is bring that complexity that we talked about earlier. So, But what happens with peated scotch... Over time, the 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 phenolics and the of the of the peat smoke can dissipate in the barrels. It evaporates with the with the the barrels. The air gets in there and and it starts to dissipate over the years. So a lot of the best peated scotches are young bottles. Gotcha. There be from so and famously, um, Brook Lottie. And the with their Octomore line, which is their super heavily peated line, is the peatiest scotch in the world, and they they're only around five years old. Oh wow! So um, age is just a number, but it can tell you a lot. It right. Can tell you a lot. Good to know. And you're um, just getting different things with different ages. So I see. I see. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the the funny thing is that, and correct me if I'm wrong. The way you're describing it is that it's it's almost by preference mm-hmm. based on what you're looking to get. Yep. However, sure. they are not priced that way. Correct. Typically, the older ones are priced higher. Yeah. And that's because, of, again, you're getting complexity. You're going to get that smooth, you know, for, as you get a little bit, a lot older too because they just become a little bit less, like the alcohol evaporates over time. Right. In the barrels. So there's whiskeys that they have to beef up with either younger stuff or more powerful stuff because over time they've dropped below 40% and they can't sell that. Right. But yeah, the, like it gets more expensive when it gets older because there's less of it because it literally disappears into the air. Right. And, so they ha- and it also takes a lot more time to get your return on investment with an older barrel. And it's so rare. Like nobody, you don't know what a 50-year-old scotch tastes like. I don't know. But it's, it's, ex, it's expensive not for a reason. That's, that's I true. I guess you are putting in a cost of bringing it to you. Yeah. I mean, that, think about it, man. 50 years, like you got to do a lot to make sure this thing is still around Absolutely. 50 years later to be able to bottle it and sell it to you. So Absolutely. You know, understand that. Let's get into what okay. we're about to drink here. Should the we do Leche a taste ten. and see how it goes? Yeah. So this guy is... Uh, yeah, again, super smoky, super peated. And it's been described on the nose as hot garbage, but in a good way. <laughs> like the the smell is of like burning garbage. It's a good thing that like that's a, a smell I love. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> like a 
industrial dump or something. It doesn't smell like that to me. It kind of smells like a little bit like almost like smoked bacon or something. Yep, there's definitely that note too. And you and because it Lecheg is um it's on the Isle of Mull, they get also a little bit of a salinity from the the sea air in the in there. So you get might you might even catch that note in 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 this uh All right, I'm going to give it a try. Yeah, go for it. Okay, well, first of all, initial reaction, you can definitely tell that this one is stronger than the first one we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's for, coming in at 46.3%. That initial hit was, oh, oh, what is this? Are you getting the aftertaste? Uh, well, no, I, I, I dealt with the aftertaste. There was yet a second aftertaste that came again. Mm. That was nice. That was yeah. enjoyable. Yep, the finish. It's a big finish on this it one. It really is, eh? It's not as long. Per se, it might it's longer than the Glenmorangie yeah, for sure, yeah. um, but it's it is definitely a more complex malt for sure. Um, there was a couple different things. More obviously there. complex anyway. Yeah, there was the typical swallow aftertaste. Yeah, and then it, it almost settled, and I'm like, okay, it's done. Mm-hmm. I started talking, and then something new came. I felt like that's when the smoky really then showed its real head there. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's 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 smoky throughout from start to finish, from the the nose to the palate. Even you can taste that that mossy, earthy um smoke in there and then on the finish big here's the difference between the first and the second bottle i'm still it's been what 30 45 seconds since i finished it i'm still tasting those flavors not the case with the first one big finish yeah i just want to jump on that because i am too and this is the first time i'm really starting to tell the difference because between the scotches because the glenmorangie is the type of taste i'm used to when i have scotch Mm -hmm. like that is the scotch taste i know it i know it well this kind of like now. What do you a, what do you prefer though between the two? Oh, this one. 100%. The second. Oh yeah, yeah. It's great. Man. It's yeah, like me too. it's a lot more um, refined. It, it separates itself from like just normal high percentage alcohol, which I can. Now are chuck at this, are these both LCBO purchases? Could somebody yes. walk in and purchase both? So okay, so here's the thing, uh, both seventy dollars. Wow. At the LCBO, okay. which is very reasonable price, um, especially for the Lechag Ten. But the Lecheg 10 flew off the shelves. Much smaller distillery. And it's their second dairy brand. Um, Is there a market for buying these and simply then reselling them? Oh, that's, oh, yeah. It's a huge, huge That's another pod. It's a black market. It's the black market. We're going to get there. We're going to get there when we talk about collecting and and all that stuff. Good Good. stuff. But like, um, and Lecheg... They are because they're so rare. Like I picked up four bottles of this, like right. immediately, because I knew that I want this from time, for time, and um, so this is the second bottle that I've now opened of the four, and they still haven't come back since I got it. Like I got some of the last ones in Ontario, and they they haven't come back, and that was maybe a year ago. So Matt and his wife have been trying to put up some sort of shelving above their couch for years now. <laughs> years, right? Like since the day I've known them. And now yeah. I see why it's being delayed. <laughs> because the funds are being allocated to investments. This is really an investment. It is an investment. Yeah. Shelves uh, are not. No. Shelves, they, they break and then you throw them in the garbage and you get another one. Whiskey, uh, you can hold that for, you can flip that 100% resale value. Now, we talked a little bit about adding water to... Shall uh, we? Shall, now, do we want to talk about why we're doing this? Because initially, we all like the taste. Yeah, taste is great. Big flavors, uh, big finish. Uh, I'm still feeling it. But what we're going to do here is we're going to see if it does actually make a difference to this scotch in particular at 
We're going to see what, what kind of flavors we can maybe open up the nose a little bit. So for a, a bit of a visual here, so we have a separate uh, glass of water. We have a teaspoon, as we mentioned. Matt has poured, was it a full teaspoon? It was about uh, two mil, maybe, into okay. this because I'm at about an ounce. So or 40% less of a teaspoon. Yeah. Now, am I, am I moving this around? Do I have to wait? Does yeah, something we, have to we settle? We should wait for a, maybe a couple minutes. Okay. Um, and then we'll it's going to right over here. Let that do its thing. Um, you can While gently swirl it around. So you might even notice, uh, depending on how cold it is in here, uh, you might start to notice a little bit of scotch mist appearing. That's what it's called. It starts getting a little bit cloudy. And that's because you're, you're as we said before, separating like the fats. While we're waiting for this to, um, for two minutes to go by before we can consume this, let yeah. me ask you one more thing. Sure. Another misconception, or maybe it's not a misconception. Mm-hmm. Uh, single malt is where it's at. That is the gold standard ah. over blends. Is so, that a misconception? Is that kind of like a prestige thing, or is that <laughs> the real deal? Yeah. So the whiskey snobs, uh, myself, maybe included in that. I mean, they heavily prefer single malts i i haven't really dabbled in the blends and i mean the reason being is just there's way more knowledge to be gained from single malts with blends they they take from a bunch of different distilleries okay and they and they mash them all together right and you don't really know what you're getting you you just know the different um uh, flavors but sometimes it can muddy the water it could be it's just you, you don't know what you're getting and that can be an adventure in itself, but it's usually not expensive stuff. It's the cheap stuff, and they just want a specific flavor profile. But with single malts, you get very specific flavors. And they're still blending it. They're blending it in-house, though. Okay? They're, they make their own flavors. This is what we want to present to you. Um, but it's going to be a lot more awareness. You know what's going into your bottle. You know whether it's a no-age statement. You know whether it's... Um, uh, whether it's been chill filtered and, and just tearing out all the good stuff from it, you know, whether it's been uh, heavily colored or not, stuff like this, just important things. And right. and then you also have like brand loyalty because then you can, if you really like a distillery and you want to explore all the different things that they have to offer, you can. With a, Whereas with a blend, there's not usually very many expressions there. Would you say you have a go-to? Me personally, yeah. uh, for distilleries, absolutely. Um, Bunahaven is my favorite distillery, hands down. Where is that located? Change the game. And also, uh, why? It's uh, it was lo- it's located on Isla. Uh, it's the like the whiskey like, the king of Scotch basically okay. is is Isla. Um, some will say because they have just some of the best distilleries easily. That's where you got your Lagavulin, you got your Ardbegs, you got your Lafroigs. And you have your Bunahavens and your and your Brooklades, which are unpeated. Um, but those first three, Ardbeg, Lagavulin, Lafroig, they're the kings of peat. And people love the peat. That's one of the big things with scotch. And why people consider it an old man drink is the is that smoke. That smoke that is like it reminds people of like smoking rooms with with uh, l- big shelves and, and you got those big Smoky scotches, you know, and right. you got a fire, you got a nice leather bound chair, there's a, there's a lots fluffy of books dog. that you may or may not have read. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, actually, uh, that's actually a good thing. We should do like a cigar pod and just everyone can listen to us like coughing the entire time. <laughs> that makes for a good pod, like a little cough. 
Yeah. Just okay, an hour so of us coughing. Should we now drink these? The water's been in it for a few minutes yeah, now. Yeah, so give her a sniff first of all, because it might... It's already a bit bigger on the nose, actually. A little more aggressive on the nose. You gotta get your nose right in there, too. You can't tell right now, but Matt has a very interesting technique. It's kind of like a side nose. (laughs) One nostril is stronger than the other. You might not know which one it is. First of all, I think we should acknowledge the the shape of Matt's nose. It's it's perfect to fit into this glass. It's almost as if he was born for this. I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. One might even say you were predestined. (laughs) All right, I'm I'm going to take a taste here and let's see uh, see how it goes. goes. I feel like it's just a lot sweeter now on the on the palate. A lot more of that candied bacon now. More candied. Yeah. Mm. Holding it in my mouth, it tasted stronger for sure. Mm. I'm getting like Wendy's Baconator vibes. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm sure that's what they intended when they put together this incredibly expensive, <laughs> well-dressed bottle of scotch. Wendy is a redhead. I mean, she belongs, she's from Scotland for sure. That's I mean. true. That's true. Um... I don't know. Thoughts compared to the first? Chris? Um, For me, I'm not going to lie. Like, I think because my palate is not as refined, like, although I do still taste a difference completely between this one and the first one we tried, Mm -hmm. like, putting in the water, I don't really tell, like, more tones. It's still like, okay, this is still smoky, and I still like this. Do you find it more aggressive on the tongue? No, I find it, like, nicer on the tongue, actually. That's a good point. It is, like, easier... To palate the alcohol itself, I didn't taste it as much. Okay. Oh, see now I have a, I have a differing view oh, on that. Okay, for me that's this good. was stronger, mm. and I'm not sure if that's just because we're a few drinks in, <laughs> but or maybe I just kept it on my tongue a little bit longer. Ah, but maybe. I I tasted more flavors than I did the previous. Oh time. yeah, flavors. Yeah. Yeah. But was it hotter? Like, did it burn your tongue more? See, I can't remember because mm. there's so much, like there's going so much again, going again. Here it is. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Well, I like to think that the listeners are drinking with us at mm, this point. I hope so, so. Assuming you guys are, love to hear what you guys think. Yeah, hopefully you guys added a, a, a drop here from your teaspoon. Yeah, let and, us know. Um, at yeah. the Inquisitive Bro, we'll put up the pod notes, throw it up in the comments. We want to know if you were drinking along with us. Did you agree <laughs> with what our takes were on these drinks? <laughs> now, so Lecheg has a special place in my heart, too. Um, I mentioned Bunahaven being my favorite distillery so that we can get that shelf on my wall sooner than later yeah i've tried to limit myself now to four distilleries just collecting four distilleries okay uh bunahaven number one i've got now i think eight expressions from them lecheg um uh glen goyne which is an unpeated so bunahaven's unpeated for the most part uh lecheg is peated Glen Goyne, unpeated. Okay. Uh, proudly unpeated. It's, it says it on their bottles. And Longro, which is Springbank's peated line, their heavily peated line. So two peated, two non-peated. And those are my favorite distilleries. Mm-hmm. Um, and Glen Goyne is like the, is the sherry monster. Like they, they try to copy Macallan and they use the same, same strain of grain even. Uh, they use like same sherry cast from Jerez, Spain. They, you know, and they're amazing stuff. So just, we're gonna get into the collectibles. Yeah, right. Can I that, just jump in very quickly? I'd rather you not. <laughs> All right, fine. Go ahead. You said you 
purchase like eight expressions from the specific yeah, is that like Bahamut. different types of bottles? Yeah, so because we have a ten year old Lechag here and a ten year old Glenmorangy. Now that's each are an expression. Then you get like the the twelve year olds and the and the fourteens. Those are all different expressions. Okay, that's like that's where Scotch gets into that uh that middle aged like white man older rich man type of vibe. <laughs> like that's some pretentious ass shit right there. <laughs> Which it's, part? It's like I bought several expressions from them. It's like dude, you bought a few bottles. Like just see like. But I could have bought a, a few bottles of Lichang Ten, which I did. I bought yeah. four, but I also bought their twenty one year old. So I only have two different Lechegs Right, if, in my but collection. if I buy like a Stiegel, like normal ale, and then a Stiegel rat, Rattler, I'm not going to say like, I bought two Stiegel expressions. Well, yeah, I'm going to try a... them in my study. <laughs> and, uh, okay, fine. I mean, there's a little bit of... Uh, but, no, but uh, that's also part of the, um, that's part of the Mystica Scotch, right? You true. have to be pretentious. It's part of it. Slightly, slightly. Now, as far as collecting, how or when did you decide you wanted to get into collecting? Or simply just buying a bottle, drinking it, buying another bottle. Right. So I was I was buying like one bottle at a time and trying a new one because I you, you get addicted to trying new things, right? Um, and so I was doing that for a while, and and I wasn't like getting really good stuff. Like it was it was better than what I've had before, but it wasn't like amazing. But then I started watching, getting really into. This, this whole scene. And I started like obsessing over YouTube videos and reviews and Reddit uh, reviews and, and all of that stuff, right? Going de- like, you know, the, the, the Alice in Wonderland, you know, down, down the, the rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. Yeah. So um, then I started hearing like, oh, you know, what you need to do is buy one bottle to drink, one bottle to keep, and one bottle to sell. Okay. And that kind of put me on the path of, all right, like, collecting now. And that, that whole idea. And it's, and it's expensive to buy three bottles of an expensive bottle. So I always started with two, and I'm trying to get up to that three level. It's hard. Right. Um, but then I started, like, leaning towards certain distilleries and certain uh, finding out certain things that were important to collecting and how to have, like, something that you can resell at a high markup. Um, so there's some things that you need, um, big name distilleries. If you want to sell, you need to like, if you're just looking straight to sell in the future, yeah. buy McAllen. It's right. always, it's the king of, of, uh, investment scotch. It's always in demand. Right. Okay. So I, I think we brought it up, but I don't think we actually talked about it. McAllen, mm. well-known name. Mm. Is that the creme de la creme? No, definitely not, not anymore. Okay. For sure. It's way overpriced. Right. End of story. Like, they have some really good stuff. Absolutely, their old stock for sure is unbelievable, but it's astronomical. Like, you're talking for a 25-year-old, you're talking over, over, uh, like, like around three grand. For a bottle. For a 25-year-old bottle. But you can get Bunnahabhain, uh 25 for $400. Right. And people love that stuff. But how is that going to age compared to the McAllen 25? So, Bunnahabhain is now, like, that super collector is coming up there like everybody loves it because they're doing amazing things and we're going to talk about the criteria for for collecting this is a good segue into that because it's like you need limited releases okay so things that are that are never going to come again right Ten thousand bottles or less is a really good range for collecting so these distilleries, will they have like specials, so to speak? Yes, like, the limited release, the really? special okay. release, the because uh, they'll have like the the ten year old Lechag, and they produce like 
you know, 50,000, 100,000. LCBO. Exactly. Yeah. And then they have their Lecheg 21, which they only made 2,000 bottles of. So that's, and it tastes amazing. And it's an older, it's got to, you got to have an age statement. Like you don't have to, but it's really good. If you have an older age statement scotch, that's from a long time ago and that's limited and you can't get it now. You know what I mean? So hold up. I got a dumb question. Mm-hmm. Let's say your age statement on the bottle is 10 Yeah. and you hold it for 10 years. Yeah. The bottle still says 10. Yeah. Do people do that math when they're going out to put the... Do they say, okay, so this was a 10, but now we're 15 years mm-hmm. after the release. Is that bottle now a 25? No. So, because again, the, the, the number on the label is the barrel aged years. I see. Okay. So, um, yeah. And then, the barrel gives it flavor. Even exactly. after that. Come the on. barrel gives the flavor. The bottle doesn't give the flavor. See, how did you come wine. on? Now Chris is an expert. <laughs> All yeah. of a sudden, out of nowhere. Yeah. It's, well, it's because he's been drinking tonight. It's yeah, making I know. But him, what you don't know is two hours becoming... ago, this guy was drinking like Fruitopia, <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's a connoisseur. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So I can that's, be a connoisseur in both. Yeah. That's, that's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah. So okay. big names, limited releases. Big age statements for sure, but also just great expressions that everybody loved. If it was, it could be a 12 that everybody loved, and now there's only, you know, a couple hundred floating around in the ether. You know right, what I mean? Right. So, um, also cask strength whiskeys. So, where they came right out of the barrel like that, it is pure, it is robust. You know, those are going to be worth something too, as long as it's under the other criteria. It's a l- lesser, but still. Big criteria. Um, it's definitely one of my personal criterias. So, like, say it again, run it back. Um, having a cast strength right, bottling, right? Not uh, non chill filtered bottlings. Uh, also, having a natural color. Some people don't care about that as much, but that's one of my criterias, along with you know the names that I follow. What do you mean by a natural color? So, this Glen, the Glenmorangie Ten here, it's very light. Right. And the Lechag 10 is a little bit darker. And uh, I should have brought something that is like super dark and natural color because the different casks bring different colors. So the Glenmore G10 bourbon barrels, very light. They're, they're like almost, you know, that yellowy pea color. And then you have like stuff that's been aged in sherry casks and they get very dark. They can, they can get black almost. And uh, with a little red hue. And those are natural colors. But then what... But everybody associates, you know, oh, it's it's so much darker. It must be so good. It must be delicious. Right? And Dalmore's famous for this. They like the... They color it so hard. And it, it means nothing. Because the taste isn't there. Of It doesn't match the color. But people think it's good because it's dark. And they must sell it. Because it's dark. People think it's good. They must sell. Exactly. Marketing, it. right? Again. Yeah. But uh, it's, it doesn't go well with the, the, the scotch community. They don't like that stuff. They don't like when things are heavily colored, when they, they're watered down to 40% because right. they're not getting the, the good stuff, right? And, um, yeah, and I just try to keep my distilleries low, have my niche, um, try to keep stuff that nobody is, like, looking too hard at, except for Bunahaven because they're just amazing. And speaking of which, uh, I brought a bottle. A special bottle, like a, a collector bottle. This is a collector bottle. Oh, so, um, this is the uh, Bunahaven Manzanilla cask. It is hasn't even been released in uh, Canada yet. 
Um, well, we got it here. We got Illegally. it here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smuggled. I'm not going to say yeah. one way or the other on that one. <laughs> but it was definitely smuggled in. Um, it releases in a couple weeks uh, in BC. Um, but is not this here. a limited release? This is a limited release. Wow. There are, let's see, somewhere on here. There's 9,000 bottles around that much of this stuff. Um, it was aged in... Uh, manzanilla sherry cask so manzanilla sherry is known for being a really salty hmm. uh, uh, sherry and so that bring and that complements the Bunahaven signature which is already salty and sherry and because they're on this island in the sea right so um, and one thing I'll point out I guess is that this is so much darker we'll throw this up on the pod notes um, for everyone to see like the differences between the scotches that we've drank, but this particular bottle is like significantly darker. Well, than hold up. I, hold on. Hold on. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, I think Chris had a little bit too much to drink. That is simply <laughs> just a dark bottle, Christopher. The booze inside will be light colored. Andrew is correct on this one, people. But the, what, that's an interesting t- point of, uh, discussion because the dark bottling, uh, Bunnhaven, they don't want you to think about color. They don't want you to be ju- prejudging the bottle before, you know, you actually pour it into your glass and try and drink it. Right. Um, but in Chris's defense, this is probably going to be a dark scotch. Well, I think we should pour it and find out. Let's pour it. Should we open it up? Let's do oh, it. Oh man, this is exciting. Hold up. Is this new? Brand new. Like Wait, I so just came in the mail. You haven't tried this yet? No. It just came in the mail the other day. And I'm very excited to be presenting this Oh, boy. This well, I don't want to tell today. people what I think of this. I want to know what you're going to think of this. I'm, this, I'm yeah, very this excited. This is going to be your exclusive <laughs> review on this. Yeah, I think so, too. It's All actually right. being reviewed by the Whiskey Explorer on Instagram. He's the brand ambassador for Bunahaven. Uh, he's been hooked trying to get me in touch with where this bottle's dropping so I can get it. I, another one. But uh, this is some exclusive stuff. He's reviewing it tonight. And um, I guess I'm reviewing it tonight, too. Unless you're the pot. <laughs> okay, so we've poured. Now what we're going to do is, since this is a special bottle and Matt has yet to taste it, we're going to let him taste this on air and then basically just tell us what you think as you taste it. Now, before you do, how are you feeling about this right now? Buddy, I'm, I'm really excited about this because, I mean, I've been hunting this bottle and I'm really excited to do it tonight, especially because like it's a, good, it's a really good excuse. To open this, this is I a think pot. So too. You share it with yourself. You bro. share it with us, and you share it with the pod people. I mean, I mean we don't really share it with them, but <laughs> we're we're inquisiting right here. This I is an so. inquisition on this bottle, yeah. and so, I'm really before so. you before you drink that to the listeners out there. Like, you should have seen how giddy Matt was off <laughs> air as he was pouring this. I'll just wait. Like, you look you like, like the figurative, like the stereotypical, like kid in a candy shop. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now mm-hmm. before I want to make you wait a little bit longer. One more question before I let you indulge on this. Yeah, let's go. We've had a few different drinks this evening. Mm-hmm. Does the taste of those drinks affect the taste of this final drink? Um, it can. It can. Um, but that's why we drank it in this order. So uh, we started off with a 40% alcohol. Then we moved up to the 46.3. This is 52.3% alcohol. Um, it is powerful. Right. Um, I'm probably going to add water to it, but I don't know. We'll see how it well how it starts to palate. Um, and, yeah, I'm very excited to dig in. And, well, and also, there's been quite some time in between 
I mean, you can rinse your mouth, but it's also they're just such different flavors that, yeah, you're going to get something new every time. Well, as in the weight is no more, you may indulge and I let mean us the know. the weight is Thank over. You. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, let the us know what you think. The weight is no more. <laughs> it's no more. It's, it's, it's epic for this epic experience. <laughs> Matt's giving it a sniff, both nostrils. Exhale. All right, here we go. Mm. A lot of dead silence for. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just yeah, watching, just watching him enjoy this. I, I got nothing to say. I'm waiting for him to uh, let us know what he thinks, but I don't want to impede this this tasting process. It's yum. It yeah, is yum. it's good, eh? Um. Yeah, definitely get the salinity from the manzanilla casks. Um. Definite sherry influence. You got those uh, those red fruits and a little bit of citrus orange for sure in there as well. Let me go in again. Gotta get some ASMR in here. Worth worth the chase. Yeah, worth it. Could you imagine if like this is collectible? He opens it up and he's like, you know what? This is mm. shit. Yeah. <laughs> this I, is I heard good garbage. things. I heard good things about this. Um, bottling before uh before i buy it i always look for reviews and stuff like that so i haven't had bought a bottle that i didn't like in a while that i intentionally went out to go like i need this bottle yeah which is good news i'm gonna add a a little bit of water water. just to see what what we can get okay i'm gonna give this a shot we're at 52 percent alcohol here it can take the water just probably asked um how much would this bottle cost like, did it cost you? How much did it cost me? So, this bottle is going to retail at $240 in BC. Yeah, that's a pricey and then you, pricey bottle for sure. Yeah, and then I got to find a way to get it here to myself. Um, it's might retail a little bit less elsewhere in Canada. Uh, I paid $315 for this bottle. And um, got a second one on the way. <laughs> nice. But I also made some sales. Gotcha. So it's I, a balance. Yeah, exactly. You drive your prices down so that you can keep buying. I never, pay, I never pay like full price for a bottle. Right. Right. Okay. I guess. Chris, have you tasted this? No, I'm about to go in. Okay. So as you drink, I'm gonna give you my. I, I gave a little swirl there. I'm gonna give you my take on it. The first hit was sodium. Mm, yep. Is that, is that fair? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Definitely got it. Definitely got some salt. <laughs> it's got the heat. <laughs> yeah. I felt like it evaporated in my mouth. <laughs> Chris got hit. You want, you want some, you're going to need some water, it looks yeah. like. You're gonna, no, I'm, I'm not going to do water. You got to, dude. You got to. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Don't be that guy. Yeah, we just spent an hour we talking just, about... We just talked about not being that guy. Yeah. Right, right, no, you, gotta, you can't be that guy. Listen, this Maybe. has been a pleasure. It has been. Thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge. I feel like I certainly do know more. This was a great time, guys. Thank you for having me. I I hope the the listeners enjoyed it as much as I did. Chris, anything else? No, that's it. Thanks, Matthew. Anything else? That was great. No, thanks, guys.